Welcome back to Simply the Best Podiatry. I'm Jason Agosta, joined with uh, John Ozzy Osborne. He's going to break out and sing and dance at the uh, upcoming National Podiatry Conference. Hi, John. Hey, good day, mate. How are you, Jason? Good, thanks. How's, How's your week? My week, my week is uh, my week's been great, actually. I um, I am up here in Brisbane right now. Uh, in the lab, looking at how muscles function during particular exercises, and it's um, it's been great. It's been really, really good. Ah, uh, good. Well, we're going to touch on that in the coming weeks, anyway. So, for all your listeners out there, um, we will be touching on muscle strengthening of the foot, and we'll talk about uh, uh, Aussie's um, upcoming study. So, yeah, we we uh, are going to continue our talk about heel pain. In this Wait, episode, Jason, what shoes are you wearing? Oh, yeah. I, well, I'm still in my leather lace ups. Woo. <laughs> I don't know what they are, what brand they are, but they're great. They feel comfy. Yeah, absolutely. But my go to in the morning when you do ask me that is usually my S Works Recon <laughs> bike shoe. <laughs> but I'm not walking <laughs> around them all day. Ah, uh, the leather lace ups. And yourself? Uh, I am currently rocking a pair of. You've been in your slippers or something, walking around a lab, I'm sure, with a I cup wish, of tea actually, in your hand. I'm in a pair of Puma Deviates, uh, and they they are really comfy. I really enjoyed them. Anyway, there you go. A pair of Puma Super Deviates. soft. Super soft. So soft. Can I say a huge hello and uh, welcome back to everyone who has listened to our show since we started, which we sort of both fell into this and got it going quickly. We've had an amazing level of support, and... Uh, just want to thank all you people out there. I hope it's been informative and helpful. And um, I wanted, I suppose my take on this is I never thought of it, that you actually sort of harness the community a little more with the contact. And I never thought that this would happen. I didn't envisage it at all. But having contact with all these different people from Queenstown and, uh, you know, in South Australia, I was... You know, Italy. I'm with someone there. Italy. Italy, UK. I mean, sort of harnessing this little podiatry community. And and as I said uh, a few weeks ago, we don't think we're the best. We're just, that's just the title we came up with, simply the best podiatry, tips to enhance your practice. But I'm so – I feel really good and really excited about the fact that we can pull something together, pull people together, and we will get lots of people on – and share, you know, their input into this program, um, which is great. It feels and seems like a really good thing that people want to be part of. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's that was really beautiful, Jason. Um, <laughs> agreed, I agree, I completely agree with you. Get back in your lab. You're getting. I'm going to give a shout out. You're getting sentimental. I want to give two shouts, and this is a perfect example. I had no idea about P3 podiatry. And what these people do from South Australia, both Talisha Reeve and Jackson Tisdall, they're both podiatrists and they run a program called P3 Podiatry, which is Progressive Podiatry Project. And they run online courses and workshops and coaching. And they have a great program. And we've recently been speaking about plant fascia pain. And they have recently had uh, a program up about uh, strengthening and plantar fascia management. So people might want to look out for um, or look up P3 and we will get Talisha on at some point, which I think would be great. 
That would be great. I would. Uh, I will enjoy talking foot strength and foot muscles with Talisha. That's for sure. Another shout out to the podiatrist in Queenstown, uh, Southern Sports Podiatry, Gareth Milne and Renee Thorpe. They hit us up, but I really love their bio. And we were talking about keeping things simple um, and offering tips. And in our first session about management of the consultation, we were talking about attention to detail, taking your time and being a great listener. And I just love their bio in that they say, Southern Sports Podiatry, listen, assess, diagnose, treat, solve and follow up. It was so basic, but it resonated with me after our chat about listening and taking your time. That's great. Okay, on with it today. Uh, what are we going to talk about? I think we've got, we're going to stick in the heel region, but we're getting a bit more juvenile. Okay. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Bring your young self in, John. <laughs> override the rest of us. Our ages. In fact, but actually, we... my daughter came to me. She does gymnastics uh, three days a week, and she was complaining she needed her ankle strapped. What do you need your ankle strapped for? No, nah, because my ankle's really sore. What do you mean your ankle's really sore? Now, my daughter, for everybody who's out there, is nine years old. I'm like, nah, you d- what do you mean you need your ankle strapped? You haven't done anything to, to need it strapped. No, but it's really sore during gymnastics. And she's super active. She's a big runner. She loves running around. How many hours in the Well, gym? actually, she's not doing that many. She's only doing, what is she? She's only doing oh, six hours of gymnastics. So she's not okay. doing a heap, but she six is Six hours super of gymnastics? Active. Six and hours of gymnastics. How many hours and how much running? Well, she, so she just got selected at school for district cross country uh, and for district athletics. So... She must do more running than I'm aware of. Right. Um, and then she's now decided she wants to go out for runs with her dad as well. So now all of a sudden I have a feeling it's not an ankle that she's complaining about. You think it's the heel pain? I'm pretty confident it's a bit of heel pain. Yeah. So this is what we are going to present today is a short session on Sever's heel pain, uh, which is – commonly known as calcaneal apophysitis. Mm. And I'm sure for most of us, we see so much of it. You can almost, you know, put $100 down on any 10 or 15-year-old that comes into your rooms. And that, uh, that I'm sure, for many people would be their number one pick of yep. why they're presenting. So it's a really common problem, obviously, between those ages. I'm not sure about your rooms, John. Yeah, yeah, you would guarantee that you'll have Severs come through at least at least a couple of times a week, at least. Yeah, and have you recognised it's quite seasonal as well? Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is, it's load-related. It is absolutely load-related. So, yeah, seasonal because it's coming with – it comes with activity. It's certainly not happening while the kids are sitting down and not doing much. Yeah, most common activities, running, football. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, we see a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the problem we're talking about is actually the traction of the Achilles tendon onto or into the posterior heel um, growth plate. 
And we know that the fibres of the Achilles tendon actually impregnate into the periosteum of the calcaneal at that part. But this part of the foot at these young ages, and as we said, you know, as a, let's say a range of 10 to 15 years of age, is quite soft and not well united at this stage. And as you mentioned, the more loading, the more risk there is of the onset. The interesting question I have for you is why is it some youngsters end up with this and some youngsters don't? Do you have an answer for me? Actually, you've, 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 <laughs> you've, I'm, I'm gone silent. Um, I don't. No, no. I love this. Um, no, I don't. I don't know why it'll be one kid over another. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? My understanding is it's, it's normally the more active ones. It's normally the bigger ones, um, and the more rapid growth. You mean? Yeah, but also the bigger kids. So you might see it more in the basketball kids. And I appreciate I've mentioned gymnasts a few times here, but gymnasts is because often of loading. So they're doing 20 plus hours a week, but it's significant. It's significant load. So whether that load is size or whether that load is activity, it's the, it's the kids that do more load. There's no understanding. Yeah. It is load related. And it seems that the more rapid, my take on it also is the more rapid that youngster goes through their growth phase or growth periods, they're more vulnerable to this. And I think that explains, maybe, I'm not 100%, but I think that explains why some of these children will end up with the traction, calcaneal apophysitis, inflammatory response, secondary to increasing their loading or you know whatever activities they're doing while they're rapidly growing. And then... As they settle down and have the next few months where things just slow down a little bit, they seem to settle with their symptoms and then it kicks in again. That seems to be a common history as well. But I take your point about um, the bigger youngsters and I wonder whether that is because they've rapidly grown. Mm. There's a lot, this is, you know, a little bit arbitrary and unknown about this, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, I, th- I think you wouldn't be able to line up, put a, a police lineup of 10 kids and go, that kid, that kid, that kid. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be able to. No, same. And I think it gets back to what you said before about, you know, the levels of activity that they're subject to. And it's interesting when that comes in, isn't um, Like you just said about uh, your youngster, she's doing like whatever it was, six to eight hours of gymnastics and then add some running on. Let's assume it's 10 hours of activity at a young age and for children older than yours, they'll be doing and she's more. Grown, and she's grown a bucket load in the last 12 months. That's it. So quite vulnerable. Hmm. But when you are listening to that person's history, often with the parents, there's an interesting conversation. I love this part of it where you learn about how much they're doing And I always write down, okay, so it's running, football training, football training, basketball training, basketball training, game on Saturday, game on Sunday or something like that. And it's like eight sessions a week, probably six to eight hours of activity. And then it's like sometimes you just have to have these comebacks with the parents and make them realise that it is very much 
the kid is overcooked mm. and this is the majority of the cause of this traction inflammatory pain and it's not until you say to the parent and say hey john have you ever tried to do as much activity as junior <laughs> and everyone <laughs> and everyone puts their head down and says oh no way no way jace so i couldn't do that but and the kids bounce was, though the kids bounce yeah. <laughs> mate yeah well, growing they're growing, yeah, and they're developing. There's all these other things happening. They they need rest to be able to accommodate for all that growth and change as well as all that activity on top. And this is goes back to the point you and I spoke about a week or two ago about how children are not little adults and mm. this problem epitomises that comment or supports it in mm. them. You know, their bodies are quite different to ours at this younger age and their tolerances are much, much less. I've got to tell you a quick case of a young girl who was 15 or 16 coming. She's a fracture, horrible fracture of the base of her second metatarsal on the plantar aspect. But what was interesting, the denial about how much activity she was doing on the track was astounding. But what highlighted it was the history of the Oscar Slatter's traction problem, the Sever's problem, and other metatarsal fractures, but all these overuse young athlete problems were quite evident. And, and do you find too, because obviously it goes, rolls from Sever's into that Osgood Slatter's, that some of the kids then have, if you don't get one, if you don't get them under control, they're then spending what, four, five, six years having to deal with pain. <laughs> And not actually, not actually get, no, not not really get the most enjoyment and benefit out of the activity they're doing. And that's a great point you make about it going on for years because it does fluctuate over many years. And the parents and the child they need to hear that hmm. that you will be fine, but expect this to you know peak and trough a fair bit over the coming years before that union occurs you know, in the calcaneus, which I think is about fourteen to sixteen years of age. From what I understand, yeah, yeah. Um, so when they roll into clinic, aside from knowing they're doing a lot, what's uh, what are you doing? What, how are you making sure that that's what you that's what you've got? Well, you? Yeah, so your clinical assessment is important, isn't it, to differentiate? But I mean, you would know this, and many of the listeners would see this a million times. In that that squeeze test of the heel is usually quite sensitive. Um, palpation around the median lateral, lateral aspect of the calcaneus um, is quite exquisite, um, sometimes less posteriorly, surprisingly. Yeah. But it does sort of vary, I think, as to whether you get that posterior pain. The interesting one also is when Junior acknowledges that it's actually running back up into his Achilles in the really bad cases. Hmm. seems to progress and i think that's indicative of the overall tension um are there any differentials you're looking at for just in case i think you got to think about your achilles and again the plantar fascia and the medial calcaneal nerve problems we spoke about yep but i think this one is really obvious clinically yeah to palpate and assess and yep. certainly work out from the history i think it's quite an easy one you know, the minute you the minute you grab it and you watch that kid's eyes pop, you sort of go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Not too hard. <laughs> not be too hard. You be not gentle too hard. with the kids. But, but, you, but you've got the image, right? You've got the image. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another small one, John, is, uh, and again, I'm sure you see this, but in football season, how the, you know, the youngsters go from doing a little bit of running or running around school or whatever they're into, and then they go into football boots for mm. either soccer or foot, AFL. And because of the because of the football because excuse me because of the footwear being so flat, it accentuates any extension at the ankle joint and the loading of the Achilles and the heel, and it seems to fire them up, and it's a classic giveaway. And at the start of the season, the grounds are harder too. And whereas the adults, the irony here, the adults go out and start their season in runners, and then transition into the boots as this grounds get softer. The kids get the really flat, really plastic, the cheap stuff to wear, which I can appreciate my parents do it, right? Straight on the hard surface and the coaches are like, great, go do a lap. So it's sort of this is real melting pot of circumstances. Now I'm I'm cherry picking a bit, but it's that real yeah. melting pot of circumstances where you go, that's just not a good combo. Yeah. So it's an interesting scenario. I love the, I do love the challenge of dealing with the parents because, you know, Junior's got, you know, the the state little ass championships coming up or something in two weeks' time or whatever. And they, what they really need to know, I think, is that nothing bad is going to come from this problem. They're, yeah. gonna, they're not going to tear or break anything. No. It's very self-limiting. But the, the way I explain it, rightly or wrongly, is the pain far outweighs the severity of the problem. Yeah. But the body wants to shut you down to protect itself. And that's when they hobble off the basketball court. So what we need to do, number one, is modify activity, which is often not our challenge. It's the parents. Yeah. Get those loads at a comfortable level that you can still go out and play tennis and play basketball and all your activities at a level you can deal with through the week. So instead of being on the court five or six times a week, you might be on the court three times a week. Don't have to stop. This is where I think it's good being the person outside the family because you can make a deal with the kid. You can get that kid on board and you can go, look, what are the chances that you can help me out for one week? Just for one week, I just want you to do only this much. Do you reckon you can do it? And see if you can get them to promise you that, right? You see if you can be the good big brother type or the good outsider, fun uncle, whatever, and see if you can get them on board. Because if you get the kid on board and the parents see you're engaged with that kid, I find the parents come on board a bit more easily too. Yes. Yeah. That's good. So you're getting on their level. You are so good at this. You are so good. I don't like going that level. I'm all about the parents. It's like the, the other, the, the, the second comment I always say to the parents who their kids are just doing way too much. Says, Listen, he's only 14 or 15. He's not going to the Paris Olympics. Let's get this straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit I just know. I know I'm going to lose that <laughs> argument every time. It's much easier if I come in as Captain Feathersword and get that kid on board. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, there is a really big win when you get the parents on board. There's no doubt because their Absolutely. challenge is to modify that activity because they just want to see Junior out there kicking Correct. goals and shooting baskets. And they want to make sure that they get the win that they think Junior wants. Yes. 
Legend that um, is there anything else you're doing to, as, a, as a, any other aside from trying to reduce their loads? What else are you doing to try and absolutely help them under control? Number two behind that is heel lifts. Ah, uh, your favorite shoving them in football boots, putting them in every bit of active footwear, mm. and again to reduce the tension that comes from. The extension at the ankle joint. And we're talking if about we can, those EVA ones, yeah? Yes, lightweight, not too hard. Some kids or some juniors mean, you know, they need a little bit more than others, but I would be using them every single time without fail. And they have to turn them over every four to six weeks because of the compression. Yeah. But that is crucial. And it is so simple to implement. That's a really good point about this turning them over every four to six weeks too, I think. I think we forget. It's sort of they go in the shoe and you forget and you leave it there and you forget that, you know what, that, that's going to compress and the symptoms will come back. And that's a good yes. trigger. That's a good trigger. It is better to use the compressible lightweight heel lifts, though, so they're not too hard mm. and they're not weighty. And, you, and if any of us walk and run around in those um, lightweight heel lifts, you, do, you don't know they're there. Mm. As soon as you put something durable in and firm, Sometimes it feels a bit harder underfoot, but it often feels heavy, mm. heavier at least. Yep. My other um, uh, go-to is if people are using cold packs just to settle their symptoms, I always explain that um, there is limited blood flow around that area and we don't want to shut everything down and constrict too heavily. So just ice up for five or ten minutes if you have to. Hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes I don't think it's that necessary, but unless they're really painful. And it hmm. is just a little bit of pain and inflammatory relief, hopefully, although quite superficial. Hmm. Um obviously footwear is another one, and as we spoke about, the flat footwear does not help. So yeah, <laughs> talking about my daughter. To- can you just put some shoes on? Is my answer. Right? Just put some shoes on while you're around the house. She loves the bare feet. Yeah. But no, but why is that gonna happen, mate? Just just stick some shoes on. Just stick your runners on. But, but, but say so, this sore ankle, she sticks the shoes on. Guess what? Five minutes later, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, that's it. But what would you know? <laughs> That'll come in a few years. What, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Uh, um, it's hilarious. One that, talking of gymnasts, though, one thing that because you can't stick a heel lift in their shoes because they don't have them. Yes. So this is where, and I appreciate there'll be people out there who don't love the old K tape idea. But I'll use K-tape in the place of using a heel lift. So I'll try and achieve the same result with K-tape because I just I'm, I can't use a heel lift. I can't use one of those other physical devices. Okay. So how um, does this work and what are you trying to do? So I'll double it up. I'll put one layer on top of another layer. So it's, two, it's almost doubly thick. I'll yep. stick it almost like an Achilles-type taping. So you're trying to get it up and under the um, midfoot and then you pull it up into the calf and try and put them into plantar flexion a bit. So it gives them a bit of an artificial spring. My thinking or my reasoning is that perhaps they might use some of the tape as some artificial spring, give them a bit of a, give them a little bit of just extra to help them last a bit longer. Cause I can't use a heel lift. And then right. as soon as you're off, get the shoes on, get on the tumble track with your shoes on um, and try and take them out. But certainly the vault will set them off straight away. So if that's a way that I can get them to do a couple of repetitions of the vault without getting it too aggro, I'll use it. So that taping running from the plantar aspect of the foot around the posterior aspect of the heel into the Achilles and calf 
Is that an attempt to limit extension? Yes. Rather than provide a spring. Yeah, I would. Is that yeah, what I'm To be honest, I, I can't tell you the exact mechanism. It's probably limiting yeah. some of the extension. I'm hoping it gives them a bit of a spring. My think, my original thinking was, how do I give you a heel lift without giving you a heel lift? And that was that was my way around. Yeah, yeah, sure. And what about uh, the exercises of like calf raises and things like that that have become quite a normal sort of protocol? Stretch heaps, strengthen. I was really off it. I was really off it for a long time, and then someone sort of good because I'm way off it. Well, someone justified it to me that you're doing a calf rise to improve bone strength. So if you do the calf rise, can you get more bone strength out of it? And uh, it's so, but I'm still just, if activity aggravates it, why would I give you more activity? Why not just yeah, rest you to the point thinking. where you're, where, where you're, where you're rested and then ease you back into the activity? Cause as a kid, you don't want to be doing rehab anyway. I don't want to be nagging you to do it. So just rest it out. So I'm still off it, but I thought that was a really good uh, point. That's my whole reasoning behind it. I think uh, it can, in like in many other cases as well that we'll talk about, I think sometimes those protocols of exercising and calf raises, is just too much on top of the daily activities and mm. too much in conjunction with the sporting activities. Why do Brush you want to like hit it harder? Brush your teeth, do your calf raises. Why are you so sore? <laughs> It's yeah. hard at your place. <laughs> it's tough. Ooh, she's going to be great, though, isn't she? <laughs> she's amazing. Don't, to be fair, my daughter's fantastic. But oh, um, she's. But um, yeah, I can. I just I'm was, get her on no the show. <laughs> Getting on the show. Okay. So any uh, any final tips that you could pass on? And I think the big one for me is just. The big one for me was I think that taping and gymnasts has been really handy for me because we're dealing yeah, with top athletes. But I agree with you. Just get the heel raise in and just get their loads down. I, I think it is really simple. And then you're educating that, those parents to make them feel a bit more at ease, knowing they are still great parents. They just need to back off a bit. And so does, yeah. so does, so does Junior. Junior just needs to back off a fraction. And you don't have to miss out, but you just can't do all of it. A 13-year-old's not going to run in Paris next year. I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, John Ozzy Osborne. So good. And uh, hopefully that, that is a quick snippet of our, uh, maybe our last heel pain session for now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, appreciate your input again. And uh, we'll have some notes as to what we've discussed. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode which will be on injections. So stay tuned. Thank you for everyone for listening once again. Really appreciate it. And so good to sort of try and get everyone a little bit united. And, uh, yeah, thanks to you, Johnny. Thank you, mate. I love it. You're listening to uh, Simply the Best Podiatry.